Um, yeah, that's and, my bit. Uh, my... So let's transition into things here right away. And you uh, can blame me for that. Well, I totally am. I am. Bl- I'm actively <laughs> blaming you for that. Wherever, wherever the blame goes easiest. Yeah, that's my bad. You know, actually, blame Microsoft or Skype or whatever. I will. Uh, you know, that's what I do. Is I, I freely blame everybody else except for myself in these sort of things in these sort of situations this is one of those rare instances where like i can cast the blame elsewhere and uh with a clean conscience so i feel pretty good about that so it was our fault i feel terrible you know so let's uh let's move past it (laughs) yeah let's uh let's um let's go ahead and forgive and forget and move on to uh bigger and better things uh, like the fact that tonight, in addition to having V, our our uh, late angel here, on uh, on the show with us, we also have Yakov of Skinwalker Tapes, which is available on YouTube, and here's that plug for you. Uh, we have him joining us tonight to talk about the uncircumcised Skinwalker. Friends, <laughs> Romans, countrymen, Skinwalker gang gang. We hear repping. Mm-hmm. Was that it? Was that the intro? <laughs> Should I say more? Should I? I don't know. I thought my, there was going to be more. Teespring.com slash stores slash Yakov hyphen alive and buy my merch. There we That's go. That's hype. That's what I the, like that. the, uh, the urban slang is that. You are hype, dog. I'm <laughs> <laughs> bullet. So I don't have I, – I, I'll be honest. This is something that I will blame myself for. I fell asleep tonight at uh, <laughs> at 8.30. I often do. I sleep on my son's floor uh, because he still can't sleep without somebody in his room when he goes to sleep. So I had to go to sleep on his floor. And when that happens, I sleep. Like I sound – I sleep soundly. And uh, I, I panicked. I woke up in a panic. It was about 10.30. And I was having nightmares the whole time, too, because if I don't take my uh, medication, I have extreme, constant, all-night nightmares. And mm-hmm. uh, I wa- so I woke up from a nightmare in a panic because I thought it was past time to record. I thought we, I thought we had missed the show. So <laughs> nightmare of mine. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Missing the show. Yeah. And uh, so I did not prepare a screen for Yakov, like you know, when we switch between me oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, V, or me and Matt Squant, or me and Dave, or whatever, uh, I don't have one for Yakov, so you'll have to forgive me for that. Imagine a ski mask, uh, a joint hanging from my lip, and a dirty martini. I can do Fair that. Enough. So, isn't that the there. spy from uh, Team Fortress Classic? Oh God, I, I'm not enough of a gamer for that. I can't rise up for this one. Is that a game? Well, shame on you. Yeah, that's that's exactly what he looks like. Well, except for maybe not the, uh, maybe not the martini. I can't find a picture of him with the martini. That's part. I got. Uh, here's what I'll do. I'll cheat and I'll I'll create it as we're talking, as you're kind of doing the, <laughs> as you're doing your thing. But you want, you want me to uh, tell you about my day? I'm please tell you about do. My... Please do, and and I'll go ahead and make the little picture. Well, you're, you're gonna enjoy this. I had I have some uh, interesting interesting information that happened to me today. Um, and I guess this will probably solidify my um, my background as a degenerate for our audience. <laughs> but um, so so I canceled my Bang Bros account, right? 
because it's just, it's just like too expensive at this point. I was just like, oh, I'm not going to pay for this anymore. You know, it's good content, but uh, it's it's just not affordable with the new apartment and all the bills and you know bills pile up and then they just take and take from your bank account and then all of a sudden you're like in the negative because you know you're paying for wank wank yeah, stuff and your life force is sucked away and you're all yeah. dehydrated. Yeah, exactly. So you're anyway, at the, the bottom of the bag of meth. Right, and so I I canceled my account for like two months, three months ago. I want to say like three months ago. It was probably when I moved in, and um, they never like took away my access. <laughs> <laughs> like the other day, I was like, it's it was on my uh, my bookmark uh, my bookmark folder, and I was like going through deleting old bookmarks and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, uh, whatever, you know, I'll check and see just randomly. Like I'll check and see if I still have access, and I still do. Like they haven't charged me in like months, but for some reason I still have access to Bangro. So I went through the other night and just downloaded, like tried to download the whole site before they realized. Maybe that's one of the perks of being a top commenter. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They're just like, here, you you use our site playing playing over the years. <laughs> so here's just free access for the rest of your life. But like I don't know. Flyer see, miles, something like that. Yeah, free, <laughs> frequent frequent Adding miles. Okay. Yeah, freaking uh, whacking off miles. Can't so that, that that was a uh, I don't know, take it as you will, but that's my good news for the day is that I have I guess permanent access to Bang Bros for free. <laughs> Can I ask how much is a subscription to Bang Bros? Like what um $9 I think a month, $29. I, and then I think they have like a $100 a year thing which i usually do like which you can do and this is like the trick for um if you have like fast internet you can do these like one dollar three day trials to like any porno site and then just spend like three days just downloading porn like crazy <laughs> just <laughs> download so as much. luckily it's exactly as long as my stimulant binge <laughs> yeah, yeah just <laughs> as much as you can until like you know the three days are up and then on that third day you got to make sure that you cancel otherwise they'll charge you for the month oh. so you that's for a dollar <laughs> this is like the secret technique of uh getting free porn but well dollar porn i'll be and honest like, pretty, i i didn't realize right. people were still paying for porn i'm with you yeah you're that well, guy that kept that keeps well, porn alive I, I like quality and i know there's like these uh Free Pornhub and uh, whatever else. I think I, I know about Pornhub and the other one, I forget what it is. But like, um, I like to have downloads. You know, I like to have like be able to transfer to like my, you know, portable devices and what have you. And I from being in uh, in like deployments too. Like <laughs> when I was in Iraq, dude, we had this terabyte hard drive that everybody passed around that just had a ton of porn. <laughs> it was like the, <laughs> it was like the uh, what do you call it? Like the what was the that community thing that porn? You had? porn, yeah. And everybody passed it around in like new videos circle. Eventually, it was like what is all this like new stuff? And then like there was one guy that went through and he like organized it. <laughs> like, <laughs> organized it by like, you know, what you would organize the uh, niche or uh, fetish, if you will. So I guess the topic for this evening is skin wankers. You growing any <laughs> hair on your palms? Segway. <laughs> Good segway. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on in my life. Other than that. I have a new mic. My dad gave me this. Let me use this mic. So now I'm like clear as day. It's kind of awesome. Before it would, be, I'd be like, bleh, 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 and then Tom would go, ha ha ha. <laughs> Even though I know he didn't 
know what I was saying or whatever. Yeah, there were sometimes. So, usually, I called you out though. I would say, like, uh, what was it? This last episode, I said uh, you were like, you know what I mean? At the very, like, you said nothing for a long time, <laughs> and then, and then you were like, you know what I mean? And I said no because I didn't hear any of what you just said. I think that was when I was making the comment about how we call Wikipedia Wikichedia now. Oh yeah, <laughs> Wikichedia. That's it's actually a good joke. So anybody who's not laughing at that joke, shame on you. Yeah, Wikichedia, dude. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's what I was like. You know what I mean? So here Albert, we're gonna we're gonna real quick go we'll do our shot because uh, Mike in Manitoba is home at uh, he's he's in, uh, in bed right now, very sick. Um, so we're going to go ahead and toast to him, and then we'll get right into the action with uh, Yakov Skin Cranker, and yes. uh, we'll go from there. So here's to Mike. Saloon. Saloon? Is it Salute or Saloon? I always thought it was Saloon. Ooh, Nostrovia. Yeah, Nostrovia. Nostrovia. Because who died? Yeah, Stroganov. <laughs> Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Yakov, are you ready to talk? Are you ready to skin this walker? I'm skin clapping right now, dude. Nice. Well, let's see that. Uh, let's see that purple mushroom. It's that flaccid, <laughs> flaccid peen. <laughs> nice. Walkers have like red rockets. Yeah, we do that too. We talk about red rockets as well. We have that's good. Uh, that's good. It's one of our our go tos. Did you did you throw this image together? I did. <laughs> like I lazily that. threw this image oh, that's, together. That's glorious, actually. Yeah, that it. is awesome. That's uh, that's pretty bad. That's ice. Great representation. <laughs> <laughs> I love how his cell phone is like part old school telephone. <laughs> well, he's it's the spy from Team Fortress Classic, so he's calling uh -huh. in some kind of air support, I assume. I see. I don't have any reference point because Team uh, Fortress Classic is is an amazing game. Uh, Twenty years ago, just use that <laughs> as a as a frame of reference. Right, striking Iran. That's what we're doing. Yep, that's exactly what's going on here. And well, we're striking mm -hmm. Iraq. Yeah, what same thing, right? Right. I mean, that's what you do. Like when you when Iran makes you mad, you strike Iraq, and when the United States <laughs> makes you mad, you strike Iraq. So. Back. So are you? Is that uh, like a? Car? <laughs> Did you hear the car go? Yeah, it sounds like you're at a at a, a NASCAR so race or something. Raceway Park. <laughs> are we doing this? <sighs> so tell, us some, tell us the Skinwalkers, man. I that, I have. I just some, going into it. Yeah, I not question. Yeah, let's let's we'll go ahead, V. Yeah, ask know. your question, and then and then uh, and then we'll go from there. We'll give you. We'll kind of help you out here, Yakov. <laughs> You know, a few I things, I, uh, you know, as we do the Wikipedia, I read like a little bit about the Skinwalkers because I told somebody, I was like, yeah, you know, we're doing the podcast. We're so cool. And, you know, doing the humble brag, <laughs> you know, the humble brag. Where <laughs> I you don't pretend oh, that you're Well, like, what's the podcast? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't like it. It's not something. Like <laughs> it's not a big deal, but really you're bragging. So I was going, yeah, dude, uh, we're doing this thing about Skinwalkers on Monday. And they go, what is that? And then I like smiled and I was like. Well, I don't really know. <laughs> and so then I had to Wikipedia, and I found out it's basically my understanding is it's something having to do with Native American uh, female shamans or something that like can change form. They can like 
basically transform or I don't know. I, I don't normally hear the female thing. Originally, it comes from Navajo folklore. Okay. Their, their high-ranking medicine men would go through rituals that would allow them to take the form of animals. And even now, I'm not sure exactly in its in its original form. If like the tale is talking about uh, people actually morphing into animals, or if they if they just like take over the bodies of the animals to use them. I wonder if this I'm is not where actually sure. It came from where they go speed of a puma <laughs> or form of a cheetah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Skin of a dolphin. <laughs> yeah. You know what I actually learned in my reading? Okay. What I like most about this setup that we do is that V comes on and gives the Wikipedia version of it, and then and then now I'm I, I well typically I jump in and I'm like yeah that's actually exactly it let's close out the show, and then <laughs> but then but then we do uh, that's our recurring joke. And it's still funny to me, even though we've done it every time. But, uh, like, today, fortunately, we have somebody who's an expert on the Skinwalker and uh, plays, a, plays a mean skin flute. But, he, um, <laughs> but I, did, I did read something in my studies uh, today. I actually went to the gym. I didn't want to go to the gym. And this is one of those times where you have to brag about going to the gym. I really did not want to go to the gym because I'm fat and I like... I don't like being mm -hmm. fat because I know I'm going to get diabetes and lose my leg, which would like <laughs> save a lot of time that I would spend at the gym normally. You know what I mean? I could I could use that as an excuse. Like, so I can't. What am I going to do at the gym? I don't have a leg. Uh, but um, and I, and also I'd be able to have a prosthetic leg and, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm a disabled vet. And then people would just assume that my leg being lost was because of like some <laughs> kind of like I stepped on a mine or something. But in reality, Is that stolen it's because, dollar. I don't know. Be, because of but uh, but yeah, but in reality, it was because I just ate a lot of snacks after after not, after <laughs> dark or whatever. Um, Cheeseburgers. Yeah, and uh, so what I did was I I did some research today on YouTube as I was at the gym and I was on the treadmill or whatever. Uh, that's what I do when I'm on the treadmill to pass the time. Is normally I watch Steven Crowder, but today <laughs> I was watching. For some reason, just pictured you on a treadmill like running but eating a Twinkie at the same time. Yeah. Oh boy, if I could bring food with me to the Y and like get away with it, I'd bring like a whole lunchbox with uh, sandwiches, <laughs> candies. Um, it would look like my son's lunchbox when he packs his just own like lunch. Canceling out the exercise. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing is like when you're on the treadmill, you really only burn like 150, 200 calories if you do like a full 30 minute run or whatever. But um, so it really doesn't even make up for anything that you eat like a packet of I'm on like that Weight Watchers thing where you just like look at the calories before you eat it. So you can be like, yeah, this is going to put me over, uh, which is the <laughs> point of Weight Watchers. And um, but like nothing is under 200 calories anymore. So it's it's kind of like by going to the gym for, you know, a half an hour run, you're really only buying yourself a. Uh, a soda one soda and that's how that's how i justify having my one soda a day i didn't quit uh drinking soda cold turkey i had to bring it down mm -hmm. to just one a day and i actually lost 20 pounds doing that believe it or not um but anyways i was on the treadmill and i was watching uh some skinwalker videos so i could so i could have some some more information to interject into the thing and you know the most fascinating thing is we have a, a candidate running for president right now uh, she's part of the Democratic Party. Elizabeth Warren is actually one. Skinwalking right now, huh? Yeah, she's a one 1,028th skinwalker, I found out. Really? If you can believe that, yeah. One, well, it's I either, need, it's I, between I need, 164th gotta, like, and one 1,028th. We so. got to, like, backpedal, though. Like, I need, I need like, a 
an expert description of what exactly skinwalkers are because I still just think they're like people that can like take the form of a puma. <laughs> I'll tell you, the strongest form of skinwalking is being lily white and being able to to get all the benefits of being an Indian. Oh, well, that's, that's shape shifting right yeah, there. Well, that's, that's the real skinwalker. That's the undisputed skinwalker. The Indians are the Indians. <laughs> They're Native Americans. We call them Indians. They're not even Indians. Well, you know what's Indians. funny is they've accepted that. Is uh, and and even like um, it's one of those things where like people who aren't from that or of that culture get offended, but everyone within that culture is just like okay yeah we're the indians like what 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 do you what do you want from me like you're changing our name again like because originally we were blah 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 blah, whatever it was we were the navajo we were the apache we were this we're that and that's what they referred to themselves as we were people and that was it we didn't have an additional name then you called us indians now you're calling us indigenous people and now you're calling us the original americans and now you're calling us the native americans and like (laughs) like let's just they're like we're indians like we're okay with being called the indians because gosh darn it that's what christopher columbus called us back in 1492 when he or for them whatever year it was like i don't know what year they what calendar they ascribe to probably the mayan calendar which i don't even understand for, uh, like uh, i know it ended it ended a few years ago um, and said is ryan trembley said isn't v part of slap no slap you're part of the <laughs> You know what's funny about Native Americans is they are the one, like the only race that literally has a race card that they can pull. <laughs> like you get if you're like a Native American, you get this card that like says you're like actually Native American, and like you do get benefit. Well, this is my understanding, of course. I don't. Oh yeah. I sure. could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Native Americans get a card that says they're like legit, even if you're like one sixty fourth like old girl or whatever. Uh, what was her name? Elizabeth Wilson. Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren. Do I have to say it like, remember like last week when I had to say the same thing like four times and you're like, I just don't even know. Tongue. <laughs> you're talking about this card. I'm just wondering if, if that means, if that like gives them uh, immunity to just stealing Listerine. I'm it gives them a discount person. on cigarettes. Discount. Yeah, yes. It lets no, them it <laughs> yeah, they get they get a certain profit or a certain amount from the casinos. They get access to the reservations and all sorts of stuff. But then they also like you can use. I think like it's not so much a literal card that they show like Tom Miller Navajo Private Eye. Um, it's it's more like you put it down on your paperwork saying yes, I'm uh, Native American Indian or whatever of such and such tribe. But then you also have to have like citizenship of that tribe. Um, it's a very complicated process, which is where Elizabeth Warren screwed up because she was putting that she was Native American on all of her paperwork to get into like Harvard Law, get employment, uh, get her law license. She was which, pulling the race card. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then it turns out she didn't have it, like she hadn't earned it or whatever. Um, and and she she so was so bold that she was like, well, I'm gonna go ahead and get tested. Uh, get my my genes tested. <laughs> that was a wonderful moment. She didn't and, go to enough. Uh, what are those called? The uh, powwows. She didn't go to enough powwows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't, and she didn't have citizenship. And then she had to apologize to the Native American community uh, because she had been. And she's like, I've never used it to gain anything. And then it shows on every single one of her documents, like to practice law in Texas, to get her get into Harvard. 
mm-hmm. in the newspaper they were like the first colored uh, or person of color. Oh man, I almost said something horrible. <laughs> uh, the first uh, there the, was colors. The was the colors. first person of color to get a a, a teaching. Uh, position at Harvard Law or whatever, or Harvard's uh, Law School, like all sorts of crazy stuff. And um, so she was using it that whole time, but then she comes out and says, well, I didn't actually use it because now she knows that she's only like, she's less Native American than like 90% of the American population who's never used it to their advantage. Uh, so I'm just wondering if she realizes it's 2020 and you can identify as whatever race you want. You go, girl. Yeah, that's true. We stand by you in your fraudulent uh, Native American identification, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, In fact, I'm the blackest dude in this call. It's true. It's true. I like identifying as a Decepticon whenever people ask me. I go, "What, (laughs) what do you identify as? You know, a robot that transforms into a car or some vehicle or whatever or what have you motorcycle i always think about that's not not probably not something common for most people but i always think about it dude if i was a transformer what type of vehicle would i transform into that's a question for the ages dude think about it what would you transform into what would you be what kind of express (laughs) it would have to be a plane right that or a (laughs) rocket ship i would transform well i don't know See now I'm curious because uh, see it's a question for the ages. Because if you want to be a rocket ship with like super boosters, how much fuel do you have? How far can you get? How fast can you go? Can you breathe the in space as this robot? You know. Well, like, I always picture more of like a moped, Tom. Oh, I definitely would be a moped, or like a station but, wagon. You know, that's like one of those. That's one of those things where like you have these great dreams of like what you want to be, and then when it turns out the time comes, all of a sudden you transform. You're, you're thinking, I'm going to be a rocket ship. I'm going to be fucking <laughs> awesome. And then all of a sudden you transform for the first time and you're a moped. Like that's the story <laughs> of my life. Imagine uh, being a skinwalker and you think you're going to become like a badass wolf or something, and you transform. And you're just like a rabbit. And you immediately get just like consumed <laughs> by a more badass animal, right? What? Um, are there any cool stories about um, about skinwalkers? Anything that's like. Um, modern like you know like the the cryptid stuff we talk about where like oh there was a saying of the you know the uh when wendigo or something was there anything like that recently where the problem is that the the skinwalker phenomenon has been has become so tied to the internet where previously uh it, like it was the medicine man who could he could uh transform into the animal to to enact certain services uh maybe flying would be useful to go scout the area ahead of you or you know you you can imagine like without modern technology that these things could be useful um but thing is in in the internet days it's becoming more monstrous it's less of of the human with the powers or whatever and it just becomes straight up monster that's lurking in the woods that's where things like the flesh gate come from and stuff like that so you have all these creepy pastas about that you don't hear too many um like sightings of this stuff and there is there's one example the skinwalker (laughs) ranch where you hear a lot of it and I have, I have a lot of information about that. I don't know if it's time to go into that or not. Do Jump we... right in. We're gonna... if you... <laughs> go ahead. Hold the phone. I always forget that you guys can still hear me, but the the guy the folks at home can't. Uh, not that they care, I'm sure. But I always turn off the mic whenever I'm not actively talking. That way I'm not, you know, that way you don't hear the... Yeah, the, the, the fat guy breathing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
So is that is that pretty much all we need to know, uh, Yakov, going into the conversation about the Skinwalkers? Is there a way that we can talk real quick about the difference between the the yes. the Skinwalker versus the the Fleshgate? Is that what you yes. called it? Yes. The, that the, sounds like the, a some kind of like criminal conspiracy, like how everything just has the word gate after it, like Gamergate, Comics Gate, Russia Gate, uh, Watergate, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, Sounds like yeah. something I watched on Bang Bros recently, to be honest. <laughs> Speaking of Bang Bros, <laughs> let's... Uh... <laughs> like the Skinwalker, the Wendigo, and the Fleshgate are always conflated. Uh, the I think, in my mind, the Skinwalker and the Wendigo are a very, very similar thing, if not, like, uh, a slightly different take on the same thing. Uh, whereas the Skinwalker, the Skinwalker has to, he has to go through very severe rituals to attain his power, supposedly. Rituals that that are basically absolutely fucking disgusting to, to people of our, our modern sensibilities. Things I would call the left-hand path, which are usually used to to shock the person so badly that they they lose the sense, uh, their sense of, um, like, individuality. They lose their sense of, of duality between the, the world and themselves. And then, like, that's when you attain the powers, when you realize that you are everything in all powers within your consciousness, stuff like that. So, like, it's basically the medicine man has attained to such an ability that he can manipulate time and space. That would be awesome. That. that would be friggin' awesome, being able to be. manipulate time and space. Now, this takes me back to, like, the reptilian stuff you guys were talking about last week. Like, I don't know if, if there's some sort of thing going on in there, because it's very similar to the transforming <laughs> thing. But without getting into that, the Wendigo, I think, uh, it, I think it's a, kind of the same thing as the Skinwalker, in that the Wendigo is a man that becomes a monster through Oh, uh, yeah. That's a Native American acts. thing, too, right? Yes, Isn't Algonquin. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where the Skinwalker is Navajo, the Wendigo is Algonquin. It's more, yeah, it's up in Canada, uh, in the colder regions. It's associated with um, with greed and, and uh, starvation and endless hunger. Uh, it seems to me... If I'm going to take it, if I was to say it's all just like a, a fairy tale, it's a deterrent for from cannibalism. So it's like back you're living in your tribe and, and when winter comes, that sucks. It sucks. There's a good chance people are going to start starving. But I think what the Wendigo in that sense is it's a warning against cannibalism. Hmm. But the yeah, strange thing about all of this, though, is that the the rituals that you go through to become the Skinwalker are like killing a family member. Oh, eating. that sounds interesting. Uh, there's a ritual you have to go to through to become the Skinwalker. Yes. Yeah, yes. you it's have all to very, kill somebody that that's close that to you. Right? It's somebody that's to close kill, to you. If someone close to you, a family member, a close friend, someone like that. There's usually um, aspects of cannibalism in with that. So, I've heard different like stories. Like getting I've heard the of soul with it. Or for the you try to make the Infinity Gauntlet, like getting the Soul Stone, you have to kill someone close to you. <laughs> you have to kill um, what's her name, Gamora. <laughs> yeah, you have to kill that uh, Zoe Saldana. Saldana. Yeah, Saldana. Was, right. Yeah, yeah. The green chick. Yeah. Oh, she's hot. That, Whew, that'd be a hot. tough one. Well, I mean, she's. Yeah. Well, I mean, like this is taking us back to Bang Bros, right? Uh, she's not really his daughter, so let's be real. Like, do you think, uh, do you think Thanos was uh, raping skin, her? Do you think he was skinwalking <laughs> to the to his daughter in the shower? You know what I'm saying? I, I think purple peen touched green vagina. Oh. <laughs> Ugh. 
Yeah, that's. Do you think Thanos's? A... <laughs> um, do you think Thanos? What do you think Thanos's penis looks like? Like, do you think it was just a darker <laughs> shade of purple on the tip, or what? Looks like a right. California raisin. Probably looks like a big baby arm hanging along. <laughs> <laughs> what the? What is it, a baby arm clutching an apple? <laughs> <laughs> it would have had to have been pretty big, I'd assume. But Yakov, go ahead and uh, continue. Yeah. The, so in- going... the, the infinity condom. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. That's good. Thank you. No, but continue with what it entails. That's what I'm interested in. What does it entail to to it's, become a skinwalker? It's hard to say because the rituals are very much shrouded in secrecy to this day. And like you can't you can't go and talk to supposedly. I don't. Know, I've never done this. You can't go and talk to Indians about this because you're not supposed to even like talk about the skinwalker because it draws them in. Really. So it's it's a very hush hush thing. Um. So. Uh, the ritual usually it entails killing someone close to you then there's usually another aspect of something fucked up like cannibalism or necrophilia involved hmm. and then there is the the choosing of an animal skin along the way I'm not sure exactly how all this goes together but I think the real significant thing about the, uh, the ritual is, is that the Wendigo is doing much the same thing albeit unknowingly when the Wendigo when he, you know, when he goes through with murdering someone close to him and then eating the corpse, it's because he's starving and it was desperation. It was a selfish act in a desperate time. So he goes through the same initiation without being aware of it. And because he wasn't aware of it, he can no longer control it. And that's why the Wendigo becomes its own monster. It doesn't go back and forth like the Skinwalker is. Able. So Wendigo is like part man, part deer, part tree or whatever. Like... Yeah, I'm yeah, that's, that's definitely like the, the that's newer conception. The scientific explanation was that he's part man, <laughs> part deer, part tree. So. Right. Yeah, the the antlers and stuff. I think that's that's a newer thing. Um, but the the basic idea is the same: is that it's a monstrous human who is now basically, you know, uh, a cannibal, or he he's out to get people, or something like that. So, so kind of like the boogeyman of. Uh... Yes. Of Native American sort of yes. thing. The Wendigo it has very much those vibes. The Skinwalker, not exactly so much because it's still it's still like that it's a person. It could be anyone. But the Wendigo very much has those vibes. And then when you get to the Flesh Gate, it's, it's just full-on boogeyman monster. The interesting thing about the Flesh Gate is that the, na- the, the name means the same thing as Skinwalker. Flesh and skin, and then walk and gate. Like the hmm. gate, your gate is how you walk. Right. So um, it's like G A I T or whatever. Yes. Gate. Yes. Yeah. So see, I know words. <laughs> it's the same thing, but it Dave is. Dave Outlandish would be of, proud of you today. I know. <laughs> it's the reverse of what a skinwalker is. So whereas, what exactly is Fleshgate? Is that just like another term for skinwalker? Or? No, no. Fleshgates were invented in the internet age with creepy pastas, uh, and where the skinwalker is a man that becomes a beast. A fleshgate is is some sort of beast, some sort of monster that's trying to mimic an animal or a human in order to lure you into it, lure lure you into the tree line to consume you or something. <laughs> lure you into it like it's trying to yes. seduce you, and then that's you were talking about necrophilia to become uh, a skinwalker. These these other types of fleshgates are actually uh, bestiality. It's like types. kissing the frog. It, it needs to get so fucked and turn back. To become a skin, okay, let's pedal back. <laughs> to become a skinwalker, you have to bang a dead body. According is... to some accounts, 
Part some of, of like, them are. Sometimes it's just the murder. Sometimes it's sure just cannibalism. People out there that would be okay with that. Which, to be honest, who's getting hurt really? You Let's, know. So <laughs> now I'm thinking. I'm. You've got me thinking here. You say some accounts say that it's just the murder, and some of them say that it requires necrophilia. Do you think that's situations in which somebody like? Mur Do you think that came from somebody murdered somebody? and then had sex with the body and they were like oh no 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 this isn't what it looks like i'm actually tr i'm trying to become the skinwalker so it's not like i was just having sex with this dead body just because i wanted to have sex with the dead body come on like i wanted to be the skinwalker but like they're, it's just because they're embarrassed do you think that that has something to do with it or do you think that's a possibility i think i think the it depends on the person now when i look at this like i said i take it back to left hand magic and i apply it to the people that i know practice left hand magic i look to the the alistair crowley's of the world i look to the the agori in india the agori are a very interesting example because in hinduism the whole thing is to find find oneness and when you realize everything is one you realize that god is within you and you know that that leads to enlightenment that's the idea in hinduism mm -hmm. usually you want to go like sit by the river and meditate for that the aguri no they they live in the graveyards and they they eat dead bodies they they burn their clothes and cover themselves with ash they'll just chop off their fingers just because they don't they don't associate as their individual body and like that's that's what they use to break through to the other side and i see the the skinwalker ritual is much the same way so it's not like you have to go step one step two step three Every individual is going to be different. And basically, you have to have your psyche shattered to the point where total ego death occurs. And then the idea is once you no longer identify as your body, you identify as, like, the universal mind, and then you can control matter. Man, that would be awesome. Yes. So but you got to fuck a body. But you gotta, so it just depends on how... Uh how pure you are or how like unique you feel you are at the beginning of this journey into skinwalker ism right so like I if, suppose. Say, say i'm like a person of uh, i consider myself very uh you know unique even though i'm not i'm like i'm, I'm cut mm -hmm. from the same cloth as every single other person in the universe like everybody is exactly <laughs> the same and no there's no unique snowflakes anymore exactly um right, however right. Uh, i consider myself in my own being to be like this super original guy uh, who who started a podcast that already existed in like 40,000 other uh, paranormal podcasts. But, um, you know, I consider I would have to go through more degenerate type stuff in order to become a skinwalker. Um, oh, and by the way, we're, ta we're sitting here talking about skinwalking. And uh, Yakov said that you know, when, when you talk about skinwalkers, it draws them in, which is what scares away a lot of these uh, Navajo individuals from talking about the legend. Uh, Megabit Banshee on, in the chat said, rule number one of Skinwalker Club is you do not talk about <laughs> Skinwalker Club. So I felt that that was worth bringing up because it's a funny yeah, joke. Yeah. I should have stolen it and because, like, nobody can see the the chat after the chat. after it yeah. closes out or whatever i could have stolen that and then people who watch the replay are like oh man that tom he's so funny yeah, he's such a unique so snowflake he, he he definitely <laughs> needs to eat and have sex with dead bodies but no but that, that was a good joke make thank you for contributing it's Anyways, like it's like you to do the skinwalker thing it's i imagine it like you you maybe accidentally killed someone or something and something happens and then you do that thing where you go well no one's gonna get hurt if i just bang it you know like <laughs> whatever right no one it doesn't matter like who's gonna know right and then after that you go well they could probably 
they could probably find my semen up in there and so then you go, well, I'll just eat the whole thing. Oh, and then you got to eat your own jizz. That's the worst. Yeah, yeah that's you don't want to do that. That's, like terrible, I said. that's a terrible idea, yeah. dude. Why would you do such a thing? Why would you yeah, recommend doing eat, such a thing? Don't eat someone's body that has your jizz in it. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. That's the, the takeaway from tonight's episode is don't eat all dead body down with your jizz. After you banged the dead body. So is the rake... Uh, is the rake also part of this whole Fleshgate Wendigo? Yes. Uh, uh, what you call it? Yes, uh, it is. Ryan actually asked that, I believe. Um, so let's let's talk about that too. Like let's let's talk rake just briefly because we'll do an episode on the rake later. Maybe we've already done one on the Wendigo. Maybe we'll do one on the mm-hmm. Fleshgate, and we can do one on the rake later. So just just give us like a very brief rake uh, explanation, the rake if you would. Goes it goes well with the Fleshgate, um, where like the Fleshgate. It shares a lot of those Skinwalker attributes, then reinvents it. The rake is is similar to that with the Wendigo. the The image of the rake is a, a very pale, uh, spindly. What's the word I'm looking for? Gaunt, more than gaunt, like just flesh and bones creature that's crawling around on all fours. It's humanoid, but it's not human, and it gives you that uncanny valley feeling that all of these creatures basically do. That's like the the core of why they're so scary. Mm-hmm. So the the rake it reminds me of the Wendigo in that it looks like it's starving, um, you know it's just that monster that's creeping around in the tree line. And on on my show Skinwalker Tapes, we've shown a lot of videos of, of uh, rake encounters, and it's always very very creepy the way they move, the way they sit at the the tree lines, just stalking. Um, it's clearly a take on on that whole thing, but it's definitely it's its own thing too because I guess. If you go back to like the original rake creepy pastas, it's not exactly like that. But as it's been more fleshed out, it's become more and more of the, the amalgamation of the Skinwalker. What is it with these cryptids and like hanging out in the tree line? Doesn't Bigfoot and like Wendigo do the same thing? They like hang out at the tree line. Well, maybe Bigfoot, Bigfoot like, is just the Skinwalker. <laughs> That's been a theory in my mind for a while. So what? Uh, let's let's talk about that then. Is is Bigfoot part of this whole? Uh situation as well is is the bigfoot actually a skinwalker and what happens uh what also part two of the question which is totally unrelated uh because ryan asked (laughs) what what happens when a skinwalker dies as the animal that it is uh pretending to be does it does it remain the animal and is found later as like an animal or does it turn back into a human like a werewolf when you kill, because you never find dead werewolves, you find dead people, uh, right? And then, like, you never know if that person was a werewolf before they died. Uh, it's just part mm-hmm. of that transformation, or even like Hellboy, right? When, uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the opening scene, <laughs> um, but but when that happens, but you know, like, do they transform back to their human form, or do, or do they remain the animal? Like, is is it like mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger, where like if you die in your dreams, you die in real life? If you die as the Skinwalker, as a bird? Do you die in real life as a human? Discuss. I'd go with the old uh, the old werewolf trope on that one. I feel like they're probably the same the same phenomenon. Just being, uh, I, you know, I can't even tell if I believe in this shit or not. Sometimes I'm just entertaining it because it's a goddamn good time. But like, if I, if I got a gun to my head and I'm saying like, what do they do? I'm just gonna go with the werewolf trope. They probably turn back. It's probably we enjoy right. speculation though, it, it, especially in things like this. Like, well, like I was telling Tom today, actually, like I haven't experienced anything paranormal or anything weird, and I would really like to, yeah. you know. And so when we when we discuss like cryptids or paranormal or even like um, 
when we when we go into like conspiracy, it's always fun just to speculate. You know, just speculate. <laughs> well, that's, that's the best thing about doing a freaking paranormal show. Like, there's other areas where I feel like I have some expertise. Like, I've dabbled in like uh, religious type things. I, I I can do politics. But the thing about paranormal, like. Who gives a fuck if I'm wrong? Like, who's going to come argue? If anyone who comes ar and argues with me about this shit, I'll just be like, what, why are you taking this so seriously, stupid? <laughs> it's, so, it's such an easy out. It's amazing. Well, that's yeah. like uh, quantum physicists, right? Yeah. Um, anybody who's, who's into theoretical quantum physics. Um, if you can back it up at all, like, and that's what a lot of them do, is they have this stuff that is either extremely difficult to disprove or can't be disproven. Right, so it's kind of the same thing with theology. Um, people want to pick on uh, theologists or theologians, and they want to say, "Well, you know, you don't know if it's all based on faith, and you know, there's like plenty of stuff that can disprove it, but there's not enough to completely disprove it." Um, so, like your argument, really, it means nothing to me because I can't, I can't sit here and totally disprove it. Okay, well, the same thing is true of quant uh, theoretical quantum physicists physics mm -hmm. and uh you know a lot of that stuff i mean it's all based on math that you know you can be like well okay yeah i mean the math checks out which is actually what einstein said he's like your your math is good but your physics is bad and then come to find out quantum you know quantum mechanics quantum physics and all that uh is actually all true and they've accepted it as an official scientific uh study or field of study so like the same is true i think of all of this like you can sit here and say well there's no such thing as ghosts Okay, mm -hmm. prove it. Well, I can't. Can you prove that they exist? There's more evidence that they exist than there is that they don't exist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, the same is true of any of these cryptids. I mean, well, how come we haven't found a dead one? Well, especially with skinwalkers, this is going to be especially difficult to prove because whether they die as a human or die as their animal, you come across a dead wolf in the woods, you're like, oh, bummer, a dead wolf or whatever or like oh, oh you find yeah. a dead body and you're like oh Damn, bummer that's here's a, a dead point, guy dude. that's a really good point i didn't think of that that's like uh that would certainly answer the question <laughs> you come across like a dead rat and you're like probably was a fucking skinwalker and then you just stomp <laughs> on it like how we do <laughs> like how we always blame other things we're like oh no it was a uh, one of them fucking reptiles and everything so yeah. that's yeah, one of the problems with uh, cryptozoology, I'd say, is that, like, first of all, with cryptozoology, the second you discover one of these creatures, it's no longer a cryptid. It's just zoology at that point. But then it's like when you conflate all of these other things with cryptozoology, when you throw Mothman in there and Dogman in there and Skinwalkers in there, when we're talking about these things, we're not talking about zoology, you know? So it's misleading. And, that, you know, you can't help but it, it's they're cryptids at this point. It's just what it is. Right. But, like, that's, it, yeah, it's just set up to never be proven, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, it sure is fun to talk about it, though. Like, it's it's fun to speculate, you know, and just go, well, it could be this or it could be that, and who knows. And then, like, it's it, what I find most fun about this since I started being on this show, like, pretty consistently, is that we take all these theories and, like, ideas that, like, everybody's, you know, gathered all over the Internet and whatnot. And, and we talk we about their penis. Yeah, and then we talk about their... <laughs> Well, yeah, no homo, we accumulate our own and we go, well, it could be this, too. And it's just like what Tom just said about, well, it'd be hard to prove a skinwalker because if it dies as a human, it's still just a dead human. But if it dies as an animal, you just see an animal. So to me, that's like a logical theory. And like, I'm so skeptical about everything. I'm always like, ah, come on, dude, aliens, like... <laughs> 
for real, you know, like, come on. But then again, like, I don't know, you know, so I can't really can't really say. But then when there's a piece of information that comes up like that, that goes, well, I guess, yeah, <laughs> it's like, that, I'm like skeptical, but I'm easily one in some sense. I guess <laughs> you're like the worst skeptic ever. You're like the guy who's like, I don't believe in Bat Boy. Uh, you know, I don't believe in, you know, Hillary Clinton assassinating so and so. But then as soon as you see the tabloid at the grocery store, you're like, well, I don't know. Bat Boy was seen. Uh, he was just seen with Elvis. You know, <laughs> I can, it's hard to say. Bat Boy. <laughs> That's, yeah, like that's growing good. up, that was, Bat Boy was the guy. Like he was the cryptid. You know, you always read about him in the tabloids when you were walking out of the grocery store with your folks. You know, you always saw Bat Boy, and you're like, I wonder what he's up to. I hope he's okay I wherever he's that. at. You Bat know. Boy. So yeah, Yakov in the chat, Bat Boy. So uh, Yakov, could you tell us a little bit about um, Skinwalker Ranch? What is that? You know, we hear about it all the time. We hear it's. You know, haunted. Mm. We hear aliens. We hear we hear. There's a lot of stuff going on at Skinwalker Ranch. How did it? How was it dubbed Skinwalker Ranch and not Ghostwalker Ranch uh, or uh, Alien Walker pretty, Ranch? Pretty damn good marketing, huh? Go into that a little. Skinwalker Ranch. And here, I'm going full Wikipedia mode for about two seconds here. <laughs> Wikipedia. We're calling it Wikipedia. <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch is a property located on approximately 512 acres southeast of Ballard, Utah, that is reputed to be the site of paranormal and UFO-related activities. Its name is taken from the skinwalker of Navajo legend. So, um, it, it seems to me, I, and I spent a good deal of time researching this, I, and where, who owned the property, what was happening while they owned it, and all of this stuff. Uh, the skinwalker part, it seems to be a recent thing. I would place that in 1996 uh with the i forget who wrote the book investigative journalist george knapp he was the one i believe he was he was writing for las the las vegas mercury i believe and um he popularized the ranch in 1996 and that's when um robert bigelow who is a American entrepreneur. I don't know how rich this guy is, but surely very very rich. Robert he got Bigelow, a hold of this <laughs> you know what I was thinking is, uh, you know what else happened in 1996? Is the Wu-Tang dropped the 36 Chambers of Death, kid. <laughs> that was a, just like full of non-sequiturs. <laughs> so sorry, I can't help it. You said 96 and I was like, yeah, I was in <laughs> listening to Wu-Tang. <laughs> oh, 96, man. son. <laughs> I was in sixth grade. I was, I was actually hitting on a girl. Um, this girl named, uh, her name was Joni Dressler. And, you know, I'm just at a point where I'm like, I don't care. I'll just say people's names live on the air now. Instead of, <laughs> instead of like back in the day when we did that suicide thing. And I like, I was like, uh, you know, and I, I edited it with uh, John Cena. But um, <laughs> which the people at home still haven't heard, which is funny because that, remember, that was the time that the audio didn't work. So they didn't even get to hear uh, it. Um, right. So they still don't know. But the, remember, remember, I told you that story about that girl, Joni Dressler, where like, I, I had this big crush on her when I was a kid in middle school and then like a little bit in high school, but then I moved away for a year and then I came back to another area in Wisconsin and I happened to visit I... my old town and I saw her at, she was working at Subway and I go, oh, and, and in my mind, like, I, you know, I didn't say it out loud. I was like, oh, Joni, you have really let yourself go. But then I saw my reflection and it was like a perfect camera transition where all of a sudden it showed my reflection in the Subway sneeze guard. And I was like, damn, Tom, 
you have really let yourself go. Like, I was just, like, the most judgmental person in that moment. I love that story. I yeah. tell that story to people. It's, 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 uh, it's like a... Yeah, it's one of those coming-of-age stories. It's a, it's a tale as old as time, I think. So, mm-hmm. Yakov, go ahead and continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you with that story, yeah. but uh, with, good, about man. Joni Dressler, you know. <laughs> may, she, may she rest in peace, I assume. Big shout-out to Master Roshi in chat. George Knapp is a guest a guest co-host for Coast to Coast AM. Master Roshi is a regular on Skinwalker Tapes. Big thanks to my boy. So, yeah, that's where uh, George Knapp was from. He was the one who popularized the, the Skinwalker Ranch moniker. As you can see, as I said, before it was the Sherman Ranch, mm-hmm. who's the, the original guy who ended up selling it to uh, Bigelow and his, his corporation. <laughs> now, one thing I find very interesting is that when uh, when Bigelow originally bought the ranch, he was running the National Institute for Discovery Science, which was an organization that he started to to seriously study fringe science, paranormal topics, and notable ufology. So um, that's very interesting. It's very overt that you got this this super rich dude just going there with this organization, and. It's weird because he was working with people who were like ex-government and like the Department of Defense and everything. Weird stuff. But then eventually down the line, uh, on paper, the the ranch switched ownership from from what, was, what did I just say? The National Institute for Discovery Science to Bigelow Aerospace. Mm. And now Bigelow Aerospace, it seems like to me it, they, they dabble in uh, like – all sorts of weird stuff. It seems like a uh, like a government contracting thing. Like it seems perfect for that. And I know a lot of people involved with this were former government. The weirdest part is like you got guys who were like former Department of Defense, former for, former like um, heads in like the Navy, and like these people were were heads of researching things at the Skinwalker Ranch. And then since then they've gone on to like join up with Tom DeLonge's uh, To the Stars Academy and everything. Do you think that like anybody ever has made the mistake that like they were trying to find Skywalker Ranch and they accidentally ended up at Skinwalker Ranch? <laughs> Look, man, I'm just here to see the That's new all. Phantom Menace movie. <laughs> yeah, where's Chewbacca? This isn't Chewbacca. <laughs> well, maybe there was a Chewbacca there. Like, oh yeah, it was some, Skinwalker. That's where Chewbacca came from. Was the idea oh, that man. Uh, somebody transferred no, really? into a Bigfoot? <laughs> That's got to be legit. That sounds legit. <laughs> That's the backstory. I guess, That's just yeah. you know. What I'm saying here, it's all adding up to to being just a place that's been of high interest to people who are interested in the paranormal and then up to like government uh, experimentations and stuff. I got I got a little bit of a timeline I would like to go through for Skinwalker Ranch, if that's cool. Please do. That keeps yeah, us on. Dude. Yeah, we're happy. Yeah. You, you're in charge here. We're just the guys. You're the, we're you the, the floor. We just, have a tendency to yeah. do this. <laughs> you have the floor. We just interject the non sequiturs and silly jokes and stuff. That's really. Feel free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the first thing I got, 1905, the, the first Skinwalker Lord. Ranch settlers, John and Emma Myers, built a small homestead on the property. The Locke family also moves onto the west side of the property. Around this time, the Locke family recalls a noteworthy occurrence of a strange visitor to the property. The stranger arrived out of nowhere and was wearing uh, time period appropriate clothing. However, underneath it was a dazzling blue one piece outfit. He asked for water and had a lengthy conversation with the family. He then walked off and disappeared. The assumption is that this bizarre figure told the Locke family where not to dig on the property. 
this story was so amazing, apparently, that it was passed down to future generations. So that's the first thing from 1905. And it's interesting because this this uh, strange figure is a common occurrence on uh, Skinwalker Ranch, someone who just pops up out of nowhere. He usually doesn't communicate. If he does, it's very brief, and then he, he disappears out of nowhere. So that goes back that, that long ago. Hmm. Then in 1906 to 1911, underground rumblings and explosions are heard both day and night around the ranch. So that that's like most people want to go in a UFO direction with that. I almost want to wonder, like, was the government digging there that long ago? Did they have the capability to do so? I don't know. I think that's definitely a possibility. I mean, we talked about... Uh what did we talk about the reptilians last time and they uh yeah. how they've been around for so long you know there's definitely the possibility that they were providing the technology needed in order to do that so mm -hmm. have you ever heard the the sky sounds you'll see videos of uh we'll see like trumpets in the sky stuff like that have you ever oh, seen sure. these videos no i've never i've well, never seen the videos but i'm aware of the you know that's part of Revelation. I have prophecy, a theory. So. Mm -hmm, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's where people like to go. I have a theory about it that that's a little different from that. I think maybe these sounds are coming from beneath us, and maybe they're digging freaking cities and bases beneath us, and the sound is coming up from below us, hitting the atmosphere, bouncing back, and it's confusing our senses. And that we like because it always sounds to me like scraping metal, metal on metal. That's what it always sounds like to me. I, I, I've got a, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. What are you talking about? Trumpets in the sky? Man, I... Is this like uh, like Revelation type shit or... That's, that is one take on it, yes. If you guys are watching uh, in chat, like if you search uh, Trump, trumpets in the sky, I, I bet it'll come up. I bet it will. It's good stuff. Very, very weird. But I, I, when I read about these underground rumblings and explosions, it just takes me to that. It makes me think of that. and something we're hearing even today. Trumpets in the sky, huh? Huh. <laughs> so, 1930, Christopher Locke <laughs> reveals that the first cattle mutilation occurred on the ranch, going to 1930. Now we're getting into weird UFO territory. And then in the 1950s to 1960s, Junior Hicks, a local, reports a surge of UFO reports in the Winta Basin. However, Skinwalker Ranch itself historically has little to no recorded activity. However, of note, the ridgeline directly behind Skinwalker Ranch is given the nickname Werewolf Ridge by the locals for reasons lost to history. And there we are in, like, Dogman territory. Hmm. So, hmm. just like, and I, I am perfectly willing to, to speculate that Bigfoot is a Skinwalker, and that's why you, you can't find him. You see this half-man, half-beast thing, and it's just gone. Uh, I think Dogman is the same thing, potentially. I mean, it could answer the question of pretty much all cryptids if, if you look at it like so that. Easy. Yeah, pretty much that's, all cryptids. That's why my show is called Skinwalker Tapes. It's pretty interesting. And, like, um, it, it really makes me think about um, the um, the the most Indian tribe. Oh, I don't know. And I watch movies. You know, that's my thing is I watch movies, so everything is, like, a reference to a movie. But immediately I think of, like, old movies that I've seen where, like, Native American tribes are wearing, like, pelts of like animals you know like they have like the lion or not the lion they have like the wolf on their head or whatever you know you know what i'm talking about where they, they it's like they're wearing like a bearskin suit basically well that was and that's the what thing that they talked about in uh, one of the one of the things that i watched today they were saying that when you are a skinwalker you wear the 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 skin of whatever animal it is that you what like you're a furry right yes. like you have your there's... fursona 
and uh, yes, you know so they um, they wear their their little like wolf skin, and then in order to determine, like nobody knows who the Skinwalkers are. They're kind of like the KKK. Like even the <laughs> KKK members didn't know who the other KKK members were because oh, they're they, all feds. Don't worry about right. it. Right. So they um, they would wear their their costume, but like if you wanted to know who was the Skinwalker, you could just look at the guy who's wearing the 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 wolf costume or whatever you'd be like right. oh that guy's a freaking skinwalker but nobody ever or at least knew. thinks so, he's one but that's one of the one of the things that they were saying now now i don't want to you know, let's get back to the skinwalker ranch and let's let's keep talking mm-hmm. about that there yakov and i know you're God on the timeline liberals and their that. skinwalker agenda <laughs> so anyway <laughs> 1970 cattle mutilation suddenly become common in the winta basin and around the ranch 1996 Desert News article broke the story about the strange activity on Skinwalker Ranch. And that's George Knapp right there. So the thing is, prior to that, there is nothing really Skinwalkery going on, except maybe Werewolf Ridge. It's all like UFO stuff. Right? Basically. And then, then some other unexplainable stuff, but nothing screams Skinwalkers until 1996 when George Knapp breaks the story. Then uh, also in 1996, weeks after the Desert News article posts, billionaire Robert Bigelow buys Skinwalker Ranch for a mere $200,000 and promptly moves his NIDS team of scientists onto the ranch. And they were the people who were um, they were explicitly researching paranormal activity. Then in 2004, NIDS is replaced by uh, BAASS, Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. Um, the assumption is that they had a more clandestine mission statement than NIDS and a government sponsor on the horizon. That that to me is very, very interesting because because of the the extreme change on paper, while in reality nothing has changed. Except the government so, got involved. That's definitely suspicious. And that's I mean you can always kinda like I'm sure if you lined up certain timelines you could determine that there was something that happened there in addition to the change of the name or whatever. I would bet they got government funding. So oh, yeah. who is this um, Who is this uh, Deuce Bigelow billionaire guy? Richard Bigelow the billionaire. I know very little about him, and I pulled up uh, Wikipedia. I'm looking at this whole thing. I smashed that early life button. I didn't see anything suspect. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know. This is the first I've, I, cause I. I was doing a bunch of research into this lately, and this is what I've got. It's gonna be a whole other thing just to figure out who the hell this guy is. I bet. Oh, you know what? Master Roshi said something in chat. Uh, Bigelow Aerospace supposedly has the contract to make modular ha- habitation units ah. for moon or Mars colonization. So this ah. is no joke. I don't know exactly who he is, but he's no joke. Oh, isn't that? Uh, isn't that? Um... What's his name? Uh, who's the guy that made that uh, silly car? What's his name? Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah, yeah, the Elon Musk. Car, the Cybertruck. Yeah, he's, Dude, yeah, he's... That, that car would be retarded if the world wasn't actually ending right now. <laughs> that's what I want to be in. Yeah, yeah, that that guy isn't he the Mars guy? He's the one that's trying to put us yeah. on Mars, right? Yeah, I got all sorts of SpaceX theories going on too. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we learned about that not too long ago about the MK Ultra and how under MKL. So now now you have to wonder, right? What mm-hmm. is the overall project that we are falling under with a lot of these little side projects, like the stuff that Elon Musk is working on, the stuff that Bigelow's working on, the stuff mm-hmm. that you know, like when you start looking at all these little subcontracts or sub projects, 
What right. is the major one? What is MK current? Like, what's the current uh, TSS program that's being developed that is requiring all these different billionaires to, uh, to, to do these side projects like the modular moon? And yeah, that's a good point, huh? So, what, yeah, that's wonder, interesting. And with the, the creation of the Space Force and... Uh, the various different space programs that we're doing right now. Like, what is it? I actually just read not too, uh, actually earlier today, as a matter of fact, um, there was a uh, a retired Air Force general who um, came out and said that there was, there were teleportation, there was teleportation technology, right, that they, that they have currently, and uh, you know, we have that technology. So, I mean, there's all this stuff, and he says that you can transport from one place on Earth to another. And, you know, it's, it's always a little bit... I'm always a little bit skeptical when anybody says, hey, we have this, or there is this that exists. Unless... Especially teleportation. Like, that well, was something... I, I recall a video on YouTube that I watched, the Kyrgyz... 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 You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, and no, And no. they explained that it's, like, not possible. Like, te- teleportation is impossible. But they also describe... And the, I believe the, the benefits <laughs> of. They also describe the benefits of socialism and, and, and yeah, universal that's basic true. income. So you got to remember that those guys... Good point. They answer to a certain population. They're like the... They're like Bill Nye, except for... They're probably for, filthy long hairs, is what you're saying. Yeah, and they, I think that they're a little bit like Bill Nye in that they, they can they can be bought easily. And uh, mm-hmm. if somebody comes along and says, hey, here's what I need you to do, um, this is what I need you to talk about, and then they come out with something like s- sex junk or whatever, you know, like Bill Nye did. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah. I-, I think that that's, that applies to them. I think that they're not willing to – they're not willing to – to move out onto the limb quite like we are as far as curiosity they can only give us what they know for sure and they're also beholden to certain government uh, funding and that sort of thing that's yeah, the problem I'm sure with a lot of scientists they have to withhold from us too right there has sure. to be things that they go like I, I always wonder about that like if it turns out like the world really is ending or something like how soon would we know like would they wait until like Three days before I don't the world think ends. we will know. By the way, let it go. Just let it go. Yeah. I don't think. Nothing I don't think we'll ever up. know. Uh, I think it'll happen. I had a dr- so again. We're talking about dreams, right? I didn't take my medication. It was the night that um, the power the power was out, and I was just I, I fell asleep watching King of the Hill because I have my little iPad with uh, its own little mobile network on it, and so I was watching King of the Hill and I fell asleep, and I had this horrible dream that my my youngest son and I were at a camp. And uh, we had par- I had gone to do some work or whatever, like gather something or whatever, just to help out the other volunteers that were there. And we saw a rocket coming in, and then it hit. And like I was right there, like at, gr- at ground zero, right? And I got mm-hmm. and I I felt the burn, I felt the explosion, I felt it all, and it was like the most terrible uh, fear that I've had in a long time, like especially when on T two Judgment Day. That's what I picture. The yeah, except I was like, I, it was too late. Like it happened so quick because it was the the missile was right there, and um, mm. so I had you know I feel like that's what it's going to be like. I think like we won't know anything because it'll all happen so quickly. Um, once the missiles, I mean, if it's like a three day out thing, it won't matter because if it's three days out and they can, they can prevent that sort of thing. But if it's like an instantaneous thing, which I think is what it will be with the, uh, assured destruction act and all that. Um, I think it'll just be one, one person kicks it off 
and then everything else kind of happens just real quick. We right. might have like ten minutes, but I mean that's that's <laughs> it. Uh, I always I think, think that if anything, we get hit with like a, a meteor or something, and it just like obliterate everything on Earth. <laughs> well, like, you, you is see that, that, that happens, you know? Yeah, well, it happened sixty-five million years ago, but um, yeah, but and the only thing that survived were the reptilians. They um. <laughs> they uh yeah, <laughs> we hear about they yeah. have they actually have a department in NASA that's in charge of the near earth objects that it's called the neo uh, group but it's near earth objects and they talk about they keep track of all the asteroids that are near us or that come within our path or come that are going to be within our path and the ones that are <laughs> dangerous and that sort of thing they have them all categorized and labeled and they know exactly where they are at all times and when they're going to be uh, entering our area but um, apparently Jupiter's been kicking a lot of asteroids at us lately which is some bullshit and I <clears throat> I encourage Jupiter to stop that lest they feel <laughs> the full f- the full force of the United States military um, right. I'm one of those guys in the backwoods well they just don't <laughs> understand the powers that the United States has um, yeah. <laughs> but no they uh, I think we would know for the most part most asteroids they talk about I mean you see it in the news all the time they're like um, not like the regular news, but like the the, the interesting news that the sort of stuff yeah. that we read. Um, they talk about all these near Earth objects that are going to be within our area. Or they're going to be coming within us astronomically close, uh, mm-hmm. which really means like hundreds of millions of miles. But they're like, well, we need to pay attention because uh, this particular asteroid is going to be a hundred million miles from Earth, and we need to be careful. Um, right. Not like we can do anything. Not like we can change the trajectory of Earth or anything. But you know, send, be, be send able to look Bruce Willis and Owen Wilson up there to go take care of it. Yeah. Wasn't it Owen? Was he in it? No, it was Ben Affleck. <laughs> was it Ben Affleck? It I feel like Owen Wilson was in it. He might. Have was been. he in Armageddon? He was in Armageddon. You're thinking I think. of no, you are actually thinking of Steve Irwin. Was it Steve? Oh yeah. Was it no? Go ahead, Yakov. Let's uh, let's get back to the Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> As we get yep. railed. <laughs> yeah, Skywalker Ranch. So we're at um, 2005. George Knapp and Colm Keller. Colm Keller! I'm going to throw that in there. Co-published the book Hunt for the Skinwalker, which introduces Skinwalker Ranch to the mass public. So that's when it hit the big time. Um, then 2007, an unnamed agent from the, the DIA. I keep forgetting what that stands for, but I have it written down somewhere. The Department DIA. Intelligence it is the Defense Intelligence oh, Agency. That's right. mm. I was going to so, say um, stuff. <laughs> so an unnamed agent from the DIA contacts Bigelow and requests to see the ranch in person. Bigelow obliges, and the agent has a personalized close encounter on the ranch. He then reports this experience to his superiors, which was the initial catalyst for Senator Harry Reid's appropriating $22 million for the study of Skinwalker Ranch. And this is, like, on the books now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what's fascinating about Harry Reid is that uh, he was the one who created the nuclear option, right? Where you could mm-hmm. you could change the rules with only 50%. And then that's how come Trump was able to get um, like a record hundred and whatever now judges that he's appointed. And the Democrats are obviously furious, but it was their uh, majority leader who actually implemented that rule. So it's one of those Hmm. situations where like if you look at politics now, all the stuff that they're throwing a fit about is stuff that they implemented in the past. So like uh, Biden and his... um, not implement or not putting in a judge on an election year 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this nuclear option was Harry Reid. You know, uh, the impeachment stuff that they're doing in the Senate right now, they're going by the Bill Clinton rules, which were mm-hmm. created by and approved by the Democrats. So, like, all this right. stuff that they're bitching about right now is stuff that they were actually ultimately responsible for in the past. And now they're yeah. they're changing the course on their opinion of it. But And many of them are still the same people who were there for all that stuff. So, anyways, Yakov, go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. I just wanted to interject so, that. Then in, in 2015, Tom DeLonge forms To The Stars Academy and utilizing a lot of the same people who are these these former uh, de- Defense Department people, the people who were contractors researching in uh, Skinwalker Ranch. And that that's where To The Stars Academy came from. Are you guys familiar with that? No. I know is that, that, that Tom that DeLonge... Hollywood? Tom DeLonge is actually the former lead singer, one of the former lead singers of uh, Blink-182. He used to play the guitar. Mark Hoppus was the bassist now. They switched it out with uh, the fella from Alkaline Trio, Matt, Matt, uh, what the hell's his name? But anyways, Tom DeLonge used to be a guitarist and lead singer on Blink-182. Matt LeBlanc. And he left. No, that's a different guy. That's from Party of Five. <laughs> but um, the uh, he, he, he left Blink-182 to go do this uh, band called Angels and Airwaves. And which he sings about aliens and shit. But then, like, he also started this whole uh, ufology studies. Like, that's what he was doing, was he got into ufology. And the More problem than studying I disclosure have, is the important thing. That's right, 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 right. He's trying to get all that information out. But so is John Podesta, unfortunately. But then John Podesta didn't deliver. And the problem I have with Tom DeLong is, like, it seems like he, he plays clickbait in real life. And like he will, <laughs> he he always talks about. Well, we've got a big disclosure coming. We've got a big thing coming, and we're we're excited to talk about it on Monday. You know, and then it's like if you had something big, right. just release right. it, man, because you got to realize the the yeah. sort of people that you're going up against are the sort of people that will have you killed in a maximum security under constant that's, surveillance, that's exactly, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, sort of thing. So if you really had something worth disclosing, you need to spit it out. Which leads me to believe you don't have anything worth discussing, and he never disappoints in that. Like whenever he watches he does Joe Rogan the, interview, <laughs> no, any time. No, I didn't. I didn't because at that point I've already been burned too many times by Tom yeah. by Tom DeLong. Was it? Explain to me. Was there anything worthwhile that came from it? Well, most Joe Rogan interviews are like three hours long. Right. Uh, this one was about an hour long. And he kept saying, like, oh, I can't talk about that. I can't talk about this. <laughs> my, my biggest problem is, like, they were asking, like, why you? Why Tom DeLong? He's like, well, I, I have a history of interfacing with the public, and I communicate real well with people. But, like, first of all, you're not communicating well on this goddamn podcast. And second of all, I've never heard you say a goddamn thing except, like, singing in your song. All the so why small you? things. <laughs> true care. Look, Bleak 182 sucks. I don't care who you are. I don't I, care who, who I agrees. Liked, I liked it. I, I used to like them. I, I don't like, like them. Damn it. I'll listen to Damn It yeah, over Dammit's and over again. And then uh, I also liked uh, Cheshire Cat was okay. I mean, they had a couple good ones, Cheshire Cat or Buddha, whichever one you prefer, whichever version you preferred. But then also like Enema of the State was kind of like my limit because they went a different direction with it. But I did, I did, I got a kick out of that album. It was very silly and it was fun and it was upbeat and it was easy to kind of like, you know, easy to get your groove on to. But, yeah, uh, get a blow, get a blowjob too from yeah, some girl. Yeah, I mean, that's what you school. were doing. I mean, that was back in '99 yeah. that that came out. Yeah, so, yeah. So this Academy of the Stars is it like 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 planet hollywood or something like it sounds like what it sounds like is. some bullshit well it's, it seems like it's like i don't even know it seems like some sort of like government op 
but like it's not that at all. It's definitely a private thing, but it's using all of these government people. It, and then like when they show videos and like this is the aliens, this is the spacecraft, they're showing a video that it's agreed that like this is a weird video. But these are things that have been around for like five years. And like now they're just claiming them as their videos for disclosure. And it's usually like uh, like orbs like over the ocean or something that the Navy is tracking. And there's some really cool video of this, some really good stuff. Um, now, like my whole problem is I agree like that he, he doesn't seem to have anything. Then like when he's asked like, how did you get in the spot? Like he said, he wrote a book about aliens. I think it was a fictional book, but he was applying things that were supposed to be like what he's learned about UFOs over the years. So it's like L. Ron Hubbard. Right? I was going to say like, Earth. just going to okay. sound like L. Ron. <laughs> that, that's a great way to go with all of this. <laughs> because I think he, like he wrote this book, then the government started contacting him and then they started this whole fucking thing. So is he just a fucking dupe? So, personally, I think um, we're going back to the MKUltra thing here. Because mm -hmm. a lot of those sub-projects were contracted out to private organizations, yes. Yes. right? So, yes. again, is this is this Space Academy, which sounds like a, a, a front for a pedophile type thing, where they're like, hey, come to space camp, and we definitely won't diddle your b-hole. Um, but, like... Uh, maybe maybe it's part of that and maybe it falls under that bigelow's um uh category like he's a different sub project or maybe they're tied together because because I, I mean we did like i said we talked about all the different sub projects that were somewhat interesting a lot of the ones that you didn't that you didn't hear about when i was talking about them i mean there were 149 of them i couldn't talk about them all nor <laughs> would i because some of them were boring as fuck and uh like some of them i think were contract i mean we we again find ourselves wondering like is Tom DeLong part one of these subcontracted subprojects? Right? You take all of these things you wonder about to the Stars Academy and apply that to Skinwalker Ranch. How is this connected to like actual skinwalkers though? Like like is it just like Dude, this is a fucking government psyop. Remember, run by remember fucking, I by joke about remember I joke about the the paranormal string theory that Dave Outlandish is trying to figure out because I called yeah, him out yeah, on yeah. I was like I was like oh you're, so you're trying to determine the the, the paranormal uh, string theory here yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, no yeah. no 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 and then the next thing he comes on and he's like <laughs> he's like science <laughs> philosophy you know paranormal and uh, so I'm like yeah, that's what you're doing you're doing exactly that so is the <laughs> skinwalker and i think part of the string theory in actual quantum physics is trying to determine whether or not gravity is its own particle and calling it a graviton um but is gravity caused by this particle called gravitron uh which is also a fun ride at the carnival that you'll puke like right. when you go on and, and like and, and a transformer megatron became galvatron at some point well that's I'm... that's a different guy you're thinking of yeah. owen wilson but the um <laughs> <laughs> but no like uh part of like this all kind of comes together we're talking about like you said back in the 1900s it was uh you know cryptids or weird kind of guys showing up on the door um and then you've got aliens and then you've got cryptids and then you've got like kind of weird people who could be any number of our things like are these all tied together are they all the same thing and kind of what matt squatch says when he comes on where he's like i mm -hmm. think they're all the same thing um, right. or I think there's a possibility that there are and especially with the overlap we talked about the flesh gate the rake the wendigo the skinwalker yeah. 
like all this overlapping are these just the same thing that people are describing differently do they take different forms oh they yeah that's a good like that's Bigfoot? good and you know I think yeah there there is uh, there is truth to a lot of these weird things that happen in the four corners area the reason i'm guiding you through th- this timeline I w- we go into skinwalker ranch because it's the most like popular skinwalker topic when you go through the timeline it starts to seem like a damn government psyop and it starts to seem like they are conducting experiments on people there, tricking people into thinking that they're seeing things, just like they tricked Tom DeLong into believing that he's part of fucking alien disclosure. Or that he was a good musician, happening. right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Classic. What I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is that there is so much to, to all of these stories, but when you go and start Googling about skinwalkers, all you see is the ranch. You see all these books, and then you start to see – let me get to this, this next thing. 2015, Jeremy Corbell creates the website huntfortheskinwalker.com with the purpose to produce a documentary on Skinwalker Ranch, aided by his his advisor and mentor, George Knapp. 2016, Skinwalker Ranch is sold for the rumored amount of $4.5 million to an undisclosed buyer who operates under the corporation uh, Adamantium Holdings, which is just a real estate. Adamantium? Like Wolverine? Yeah, yeah, that's the name. And then in 2017, that's not they like made a real Skinwalker... thing, though, right? Adamantium isn't real. I have no idea. In 2017, yeah, <laughs> the name Skinwalker Ranch was filed for trademark through just the trademarks. The trademark was issued in 2018. So this whole fucking thing, I feel like from like the books onward, from like 1996 onward, was all it's all a money making thing while the government is like testing they're doing experiments on people who think they're working there monitoring paranormal activity when really I think it's all being it's some sort of MK Ultra thing mm. to experiment on people. And I think that's what to the Stars Academy is and that's why all the same people are involved. Hmm. Those damn reptilians. Maybe they're just trying to become skinwalkers themselves. I, th- I just think it's an attempt to get all of these weird things that happen in the Four Corners area, from Dogman to UFOs to underground bases to all of these things. You put them under the same umbrella and you monetize that motherfucker. And that property that Bigelow bought for $200,000, he just fucking sold for $4.5 million just because they renamed the fucking ranch. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're doing some clandestine operation where you're, like, experimenting on humans, you wouldn't call it, like, experimenting on humans research center. <laughs> You'd call it something like the Academy of the Stars, something that's more, um, uh, f- uh, what's the word? Um, Friendly or public, yeah, public more, relations. Yeah, public <laughs> well, With, like, uh, less... Less of a shitty connotation. <laughs> you see, Master Roshi said um, that his previous, uh, Tom DeLong's previous stuff filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, because, again, because he'd like made all these promises, didn't deliver, whatever. I'm, I'm sure that had something to do with it. I mean, like, you can't just keep making promises and not delivering. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you're the Democrat Party. <laughs> um, but no, 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 no. We're um, the Republican Party. Come at this on, point. Co- Jesus well, Christ. Yeah. Goodness gracious. But, I mean, I'm talking, like, Baltimore, talking Detroit, talking all that. Fucking Israel. Oh, no. He went there. No, um, but also, uh, but they said that um, this new Academy of the Stars seems to be a scam to pay off the debts of the previous venture. And one thing that I learned um, from listening, and this this will appease our our liberal audience, Uh, I finished reading Art of the Deal, right? And Mm -hmm. part of that, a lot of that book 
explains how Trump was able to in the eighties during like the hostile takeover stage of, of big business, which is which is again that's something that I had to learn about too in business school was during the eighties there was that huge hostile takeover business where people were just buying out stock and buying selling stock. These are all intangible nothing products, right? Like you're not mm-hmm. really buying anything. You're just moving money around. And uh, a lot of the things that he was doing, like he would buy properties without actually paying anything for it. He would never go on the hook for anything. So he, what he would do was he would, um, he would go make a deal with a guy saying, hey, I'll buy this property for X amount of dollars contingent on whether or not I can get these other things to work. And he'd have like eight other things that he needed to work out. And then he'd go to the next guy and he'd say, hey, I'll make this deal with you if you're willing to, uh, you know, contingent on this, 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 and this, and this. So like all these deals that he made were based on whether or not he could make other things happen. And the other things that he needed to make happen, he was like using them with the same idea like hey as long as these other things work out so really his deals were and this is why he is like this master deal maker is like Mm -hmm. he never went on the hook for anything he would make deals based on other possible deals and these other possible deals he would do the same thing to thereby creating this big long string of stuff that was basically meaningless if one person dropped out and then by the end of it everybody was happy but in reality, he had put nothing into it other than talking to these people. And yeah, then he would make like, it happen. Mm-hmm. He would deliver. And then he would make like this big, huge kickback on everything. So um, like it's it's kind of like that with the, with the government is like all this stuff, you know, like it's just mo- it's just money making. It's, it's cheating the systems, multiple systems in order to move money from one place to another and take advantage just like political when you see somebody running for political office and you're like there's no way that person will win and they know it but what they need to do is they run their campaign and it's not like they get to keep their money they have a foundation that they also own and the money that goes from the campaign can either go to the rnc or the dnc and or it can go to a, a, a private foundation or whatever uh, private charitable foundation and then they put it into say the clinton foundation or the trump foundation or the bernie sanders just fucking buys houses with his money but <laughs> he um but yeah you do they do all that and then they come away rich having just run a campaign and made all this money off of the public and then they get to keep all the money in their foundation it's all it's all very very shady and once people start to like look into that it's very easy to become uh, or to lose any and all trust in the, you know, in the government and in uh, any kind of major influencers like that. You, so you start to realize why, like, when they lose three trillion dollars at once, it's like not a big deal to them. Yeah. Like, the fuck is that? To, not they're still getting caviar and shit off the naked lady or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds Megabit, like a good line. Megabit Banshee mentioned one of my favorite movies, Cabin in the Woods. That's actually, um, if you've it's never watched call. Cabin in the Woods, good observation. You need to definitely watch that movie because it's such a fun movie and. Um, like the previews didn't do it any justice because like you see what it's about and you're like oh that just seems like every other movie but it's like I promise you if you've never watched Cabin in the Woods I won't spoil it and I hope that nobody yeah. else does um, but like it's not what you think it is and you, when work, you, you watch the first half of the movie thinking it's something else entirely it's good but yeah. then it's like it, 
and then it just goes yeah it's it's totally a different thing kind of like uh, Full Metal Jacket how like the beginning you're like oh this is a movie about basic training and then all of a sudden the rest of the movie is about the actual war it's like it's mm-hmm. almost like two different movies is what Cabin in the Woods and, and Cabin in the Woods really is more like 40, 50 different movies like once you really like if you really want to split hairs but yeah that's a that's a great um, parallel to draw there so anyways go ahead Yakov continue well I, you know, I, I basically hit the end of that. I, I think the, the ranch was all about making money and it was about branding and getting a little government experimentation in while they were at it. Uh, I think that's something the government does. Are you guys familiar with Bill Cooper? Is he the guy he had the tanging with Mr. Cooper show? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no, we <laughs> talked about him. Guy. We talked about him last week uh, with, I think, I mean, you would know, Yakov, you were there. Uh, we yeah, talked about him last week uh, a little bit. William Cooper, he's the guy who wrote Beyond uh, or Behold the Pale oh, Horse. Oh yeah, Pale yeah, 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 yeah. The Pale Horse. I remember that. Which is now, a great he, book. Like I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't read it. It's free. You can get it online. Most books are free now. You can just go on and type whatever. And 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 hell, I might even like put it on the Google Drive and make it so that you can download it if you haven't read I, it. I appreciate you posting that David Ike link last week because hey. oh, I got all those books. That's awesome. Right on. Mm. Which but, I did, um, by the way. Anybody who didn't notice that, like, if you go into the description of last week's episode, the Reptids one or the Reptoids one, I posted a link where it has all of David Icke's books, and you can you can download them for free. So, uh, in many different languages, as as it were. So, right. The reason I, I bring up uh, the reason I bring up Bill Cooper is because I think he was like the precursor to Tom DeLonge's like whole psyop thing that's going on right now. Bill Cooper, in his book, he wrote about how when he was a Marine, or uh, what was he? He was in the Navy. He was in the Navy, and when, during uh, Vietnam, he was stationed out, out in the ocean somewhere on some carrier, and he was he was like a lookout, and he's looking through the binoculars, and suddenly uh, a hole opens up in, um, in the ocean, and something flies out of it. A, a metallic orb flies out of the ocean. Hmm. He's watching it. He, he keeps describing it as, as tumbling on its axis lazily. That's the direct quote he uses from the book. And I was never sure what that meant exactly. An orb? Yes. Yes, it was a circular craft that came out of the ocean. So he saw that. He's watching it for a while. He's just watching it zip around. And it's not moving like any aircraft he's ever known. He was very familiar with the aircraft at the time. And it fucking came out of the ocean, for God's sake. So the thing's doing its thing. It's flying around, zipping here and there. It's tumbling on its axis lazily, quote-unquote. Then a hole opens up in the ocean and it flies right back in. Now, when when he got off, uh, he had to go see his superior immediately, at which point they asked him what he saw. And and he he told them what he saw. And at that point, his superior got more angry and was yelling louder than he's ever heard in his life. Then he got calm for a second. He asked him again, what did you see? Then he said nothing. And with that, he All was right, let good. away. Yeah. He was let do his own <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> That's what they do. That's how it works. And here's the thing about yeah, a lot of people yeah. forget that, like, the ocean, and I say this probably, I think, every week, like, the ocean, 5% of it has been, between 5 and 10% of it has been explored by man. Yeah, the other it's... 90, 95% of it, it remains unexplored. Like, we don't know what's down there. And there's, it's there's, very a, there's a lot of weird shit going on down there. Uh, the, 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 I just watched a video recently um of like the weirdest creatures in the ocean that they recently found and there are some like bugged out things like luminescent creatures that like glow and like jellyfish that are immortal like there's some crazy shit dude like in the ocean and it, it's like you said like we haven't seen any of that crap like we we don't know what's going on down there and there's like a surface that's like way way below what we can even reach 
You know, like a human can't go beyond a certain point because their head will explode from the compression, right? Isn't that what will happen? Like, yeah, pretty much. Like it's so, like your head will explode. You, you ever see the creatures from down there? They're when they look when they're down there, they're like regular fish. But when you pull them up here, they just get all bloated and puff out and get all stupid looking because the pressure they're they're made for the pressure. All right. So yeah, it's weird. Great stuff. I, I have terrible thalassophobia, so like the ocean itself terrifies me and uh i don't know why it's not like i ever had a like a bad experience on the ocean i used to swim in it when i was a kid but but now like i can't even i can't even imagine i freak out in any kind of like any kind of open body of water if it's mm-hmm. uh you know unless it's like a swimming pool or whatever i'm good in swimming pools great in swimming pools <laughs> but like once you get me into the into the water I'm, i have an irrational fear of sharks of any kind of like water creature really and uh yeah it's 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 some scary stuff out there but all right the thing is what else you got when when uh bill cooper was writing all of this he took it very seriously um when you you read his book he he, like believed these things fully by the end of his life when he ran afoul of the u.s government um by that time he was thinking he was lied to the whole time and he was led to believe things that that were just the government messing with him that these were this was government technology they were using him as a conduit to to test the waters in the outside world to tell them things that weren't really true to see how they would react to it specifically about the alien menace or whatever but it seems like that's something they do and i think that's something that's going on today in like in the four corners it's probably going on right now in skinwalker ranch with some some poor sap I just want to get some clarification real real quick before we uh, finish up the show here. Is I want to know how – like at the beginning of the show, we were talking about these Native American skinwalkers that turn into the speed of a puma and the form of an elephant <laughs> and whatever. But how is that connected to this conspiracy with the lead singer of Blink-182? Trying to get there. I'm saying the the popularization of of everything, like the the internet influence of it all. (laughs) It does. What I was trying trying to get at is that the internet and popular culture has taken hold of the Skinwalker thing. Remember that's where it is now. So remember, and and I got to interrupt. I do. I do because remember Pizzagate, right? Like that was. (laughs) This is one of my favorite conspiracies because Pizzagate was not about what the media made it out to be. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, there was a lot of stuff going on, like the guy who went in and shot up the place, who's actually, like, the son of a politician and uh, also was um, an actor who had an IMDb page. So, mm-hmm. like, and then you never heard about him after he was supposedly indicted or uh, cited with, uh, you know, reckless discharge of a firearm or whatever. But, like, you know, the media turned it, they bastardized uh, Pizzagate and made it so that it was so unbelievable that anybody you know like if you said well i I believe that that that's true and then all of a sudden people are like oh you believe that hillary clinton is actually uh you know a a pedophile who uh, whatever you know um and john podesta her her campaign manager is actually like a satanist and and this that the other which are all true (laughs) but um you know that was like how they how they fronted it but in in reality pizzagate was this guy uh alifantis who mm-hmm. is, for whatever reason, a like top ten influential person in Washington D.C., um, and he's a pizza shop owner. And it turns out that this pizza shop, like if you look at his Instagram and the pizza shop's Instagram and stuff like that, before he took all that stuff down, had like a bunch of stuff about pedophilia. And then he was talking about how, like, one week 
he's talking about how he stores all their tomatoes fresh in the basement in these uh that he pickles them for the year so that he can uh store them and use them later on throughout the whole season or throughout the whole year uh, even though tomato season is you know whatever however many months of the year um mm-hmm. he saves all these homegrown tomatoes in his basement and then as soon as he's accused of having like some kind of torture chamber in the basement he's like oh yeah we don't have a basement you know, like, and it's that sort of stuff. And then there's, like, this kill room in an adjacent <laughs> building. Like, and this is all stuff that they've found exists. And then as soon as Pizzagate is brought up, he's like, well, none of that stuff exists. And yeah, no, like, no, well, no. we have evidence that it does. But on mm-hmm. top of that, then all of a sudden they change it into this story about, well, John Podesta is personally in there murdering kids and sacrificing them to alien gods and goddesses and you're like that's not what pizza gate was about it was about (laughs) something it was about uh pedophilia yeah but it's not necessarily about those two in particular but there is like a pedophile ring in washington dc which is undeniable in the political elite as well as the hollywood elite and we're now seeing this now that Donald Trump right. is the president and they're actually starting to crack down on this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, before, it was just totally forgiven. And I mean, you can even hear John Podesta, like recordings of John Podesta, you know, like spanking kids in this pizza place. And like, uh, and it's, yeah. it's weird stuff. But I mean, like the, the media turned it into this totally different thing. And that's yeah. what happens. The same thing happens with the Internet. All of a sudden, as soon as the Internet gets it or the media gets it or someone who wants to change the narrative gets it it all of a sudden they add to it take away from it morph it into this other thing there's a weird dimension to this in particular because what happens when there's no navajos left Mm -hmm. as like would be the trend what happens when only george knapp's works are left what is a skinwalker then when everybody believes that's what it is is that what it becomes right well, that's kind of what Dave Outlandish uh, was saying the other day. Was like you you can like create something by just making it with your mind. Mind. For what did it. He, what did he call it? Um, your Gregory. That's what I would call it. Pulp yeah, up. there was like a term that he kept using. It was like nominal and what was it, Tom? Do you remember? Nominal, phenomenal, something like that. <laughs> I know it was like a ridiculous amount of big words. You gotta, you gotta hook me up with this guy. Yeah. So. That's probably even better. Huh. So Fleshgate, so Fleshgate is like a, a conspiracy surrounding these, uh, Skinwalker, and the Blink One Eighty Two guy. <laughs> right. Hey, if that's who you're taking from this, that's fine by me. It's all fake anyway. But I, what I'm what I'm uh, what I'm confused about is just the mm-hmm. terminology. I'm just trying to get it clarified. What I'm saying because... is is that like popular culture is deciding what a skinwalker is now. There, there's so there's no Navajo. Right. There's like no Navajos left, and the ones that are left ain't telling you what the hell a skinwalker is. Oh yeah. So okay. oh, I going see. forward, like yeah. this is the mythology, and the government's all tied up in it. And it's all monetized now. It's just weird. It's very weird, but I don't know if it makes it any less legitimate. So it's kind of like Freddy Krueger on uh, Freddy vs. Jason, where they just, like, stopped talking about Freddy Krueger, and they didn't allow anyone to talk about Freddy Krueger, and they blacked everything out of the newspapers and out of any kind of... Because back when it was, like, newspapers, no internet. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And they blacked everything out of the microfiche and all the ba- old newspapers and all that. Got rid of any evidence of Freddy Krueger. And nobody could talk about him, so nobody was having nightmares anymore. And they locked away all the people who did have nightmares, and they started giving them hypnosil and wiped their memories and all that shit. Um, so that's how they got rid of Freddy Krueger. So is this the Navajo's way of getting rid of their Freddy Krueger? Maybe that's, yeah, that's huh? a really good thought, actually. Yeah, that, that's a good analogy, I think. Suddenly so we start like talking about ex- something totally different when we say Skinwalker. Like we're not bringing him on anymore. Mm. But we're talking about it now, so we're making it relevant again. So maybe he'll show up, you know, hang, knock on the door. It'll be a chick that turns into like a, you know. Do some skin clapping. Platypus. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, she turns into, a, I don't know, an no, ostrich. You know what? You know what it is now. You know what it is now. That's what this whole transgender thing is. You know, they're yes. they're now they're now gender walkers, right? Oh, you know, yeah. like a chick who turns into a dude or a dude who turns into a chick. Um, that's that's what it is now. We've we've actually turned. Um, this is like uh, life imitating art, right? Mm-hmm. All of a right. sudden, we've turned this uh, this interesting concept of. Uh, Navajo skinwalkers into a real thing, and it's and it's yeah. just a social justice topic now for people, now people to identify as dolphins and shit. Yeah, to pretend that they're pants. You know what? And that's the problem with the whole transgender movement is it's it's become like a, an an attention seeking situation where they're like, I'm not interesting of my own. I'm not interesting enough of my <laughs> own merits. I have to now label myself as this uh, pansexual. <laughs> he, him, uh, binary, non-binary, uh, right. who identifies as a male, female, inter- yeah, intersex. You, wanna... you know, like I have to have some kind of super. And it's like, and it used to be just like, hey, I like to dress up as a woman. You know, like that yeah. was the thing. And yeah, now, the good like, old people days. Are like, people are like, if you want to replace well, your personality no. with some degenerate bullshit, just start smoking weed. It's a lot easier. Yeah, it'll save yeah. you a lot of money in the long run and keep you. From, or watch uh, Bang Bros. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, with that, I think uh, let's go ahead and thank our guest, uh, Mr. Yakov. Yakov Alive. Uh, uh, hit hit up my, my channel, Yakov Alive. I've got another channel, Skinwalker Tapes Archive. Teespring.com slash stores slash Yakov hyphen alive. Buy my merch. I'm on Twitter at Yakov Radomsky. I think that's all I got. Thanks, everyone who showed up in chat. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Roshi. Yeah, thanks guys for joining us uh, today. I, did, I think today was a super informative episode. Had a lot of fun. Uh, if you enjoyed it, hit the like button. If you didn't enjoy it, hit the dislike button. That's cool. Well, Leave yourself. a comment. Yeah, or that. Um, yeah. Thank you, Seth. Share it with your friends. If you learned something, tell us what uh, you know. Tell us what we can do better in the future. Ask questions in the comments, and we'll address them next time. I just appreciate hit this, you guys, one, uh, this one comment. How uh, about those black eyed kids? I don't listen to hip hop. Are you interested in advertising on You Had Me at Bigfoot? Oh, hell no! Reach out to us at contact at youhadmeatbigfoot.com.